Hello, everyone. I'm Elena Armijo, and I'm the founder of the C-Suite Collective. This is a company I created for executive leadership coaching and wellness that supports C-Suite executives, entrepreneurs, and founders. We support modern companies committed to fostering diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, holistic organizational growth, and generational impact for years to come. Now, more than ever, businesses are running faster and with fewer resources. Burnout, overwhelm, disconnection, and disillusionment are the new norm for teams struggling with an old paradigm. At the C-Suite Collective, we believe deeply that providing massive support for your teams through executive coaching and holistic practices will create an inclusive culture, higher levels of performance, sustainable change, and the organizational impact you desire. You can find us at the c-suitecollective.com. What creative project or idea have you been resisting? We'll look at that in our coaching tip for the week. And in our interview segment today, we have Eric McKeever, who is a multifaceted artist, as well as the creator of the incredible audio fiction comedy, The Coach. Eric is an incredible soul, a gentle heart, and one of my dearest friends. I hope you enjoy the episode today. And remember, something powerful resides within you. I'm here to support you in seeing it and creating it. creative project or idea have you been resisting? So here's the thing. I am a manifester in the world and I believe my purpose on earth is to create things or creation in general. So what I notice about myself is I have a ton of ideas in the world and I want to act on all of them, but that's not in my best interest because they're not truly things I, I really love. They're just great ideas. So part of the work I've done in my life has been to distinguish what are the things I really love that are creative that I've been resisting. So the first thing that I have for you today is sit down and think about what's that idea that keeps popping up or that itch that you have or the thing that just will not go away every time that you try to push it into the corner of your mind, it pops up again like, oh, remember, you want to do that thing. For me, it's performing and singing and bringing it back into my life in a holistic way. So after you sit down and you take some time to look at that thing instead of resisting it, start to write about it. So take a minute to create time to really dream about what's going on with this itch or this idea. I find free-flowing writing to be the best way to do this because it offers a chance and space to not have to get it right or not have to have it fully flushed out. I just simply can write down what I'm thinking and notice what comes up in myself. For those of you that are not writers, I would offer using a voice note app where you can just simply talk it out with yourself so that you can listen to it later or have it transcribed later if you like. But either way, get this idea down so you can actually see it and hear it and have it be outside of your brain. The next step is to look at the resistance itself. What's in the way? For me, around singing, it's so much fear that I'm going to make it into something that's not fun again. And these days, I'm only committed to taking on new projects that bring me joy or that I deeply love. Now, I love singing, 
but I need to do it in a way that brings me happiness as opposed to getting it right, being perfect at it, uh, getting the amazing contract that I think would you know, fit my voice perfectly. So instead of all of those old paradigms, putting that down and looking at ways, where can I perform in the world at the next level that will have me enjoying the experience? The last step is asking yourself, if not now, when? If you're not going to take action on it now, when will you? And most often you'll find when you're asking yourself this question, you're not going to. (laughs) So the question is intended to bring a little pressure and look at now as the perfect time to start taking some action around this. So my action that I'm taking away from myself is calling a speechwriter. I'm looking at hiring a copywriter and an editor to work with me on creating amazing keynotes in the world. So what will you take on today? That's what I've got for you. Oh my gosh. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for being here today. We were giggling already, which bodes well for this conversation because of tech breakdowns and all the beautiful things before this that we had. But I'm I'm so honored that you'd be here. I really am. I think the world of you and um, one of the things I love about you is your laughter, your laughter and your heart and your smile. And you really do light up any room that you're in. And I, uh, I, the moment I see you, my entire body lights up. So Yay. I just, I really am honored that you would spend time here today. Thanks. And vice versa. And I said this, I'll, I'll say it again. Thank you for being one of those people that allows me to bring my full authentic self to any space and not feel worried that like, Am I too weird for people? <laughs> no. You're like, never. No, you're thank God. Thank God no. you're able to be you. And thank you for allowing me to be that. And and when we worked together as singers, it was such fun, like, just being in the same space because you brought that. Even when we were doing, because we were doing Madama Butterfly, I you know, know, I like comedy. <laughs> A little like, light fair. Like comedy. I like politically incorrect comedy. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I, I still to this day chuckle when I was like asking you about your character, Suzuki, and you're like, too many props. <laughs> <laughs> That's my number one response all the time. When they're like, do you want to play Suzuki again? No, not a lot of glory. Like oh one beautiful duet or two, maybe a duet and a trio. And that's it. No. <laughs> too many props. Like that was literally the takeaway. <laughs> and I and I just I just that has always stuck with me. Too many props. I'm such a diva, man. It's true. Like I'm like, nah, I can just sing and I'm doing props. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, exactly. you take it where you can get it. It's so funny because one of my first memories of you on that same gig, the very first time we met each other, obviously, I remember. I think I had just broken up with my fiance. Like I just called off my engagement or something. I can't remember if that was right, the timing, but yeah, you're shaking your head. So, okay. So I was in a mood, right? And I didn't want to do Suzuki. didn't want to be on this gig, but I'd already said yes. And I remember, you know, we were staying in artist housing and trying to be polite all the time to everybody, but I was like, you know, going through it. I had a lot of grief and had called off this wedding and So I remember grabbing my yoga mat and like stomping angrily to yoga (laughs) and like going like, I'm going to do this hot yoga. We're going to do it together. And we sat there. We're like, okay, we're going to do it together. Nice to meet you. This is our like first official outing together, you know, friends. And I'll never forget during when like the middle of hot yoga, I looked over at you 
and you were going through it and I was going through it. And we just looked at each other and I was like, we're here though. We're together. That's all right. that matters. <laughs> In that moment, I just felt so seen and like yeah. loved and supported. And I thought, okay, this is all going to be okay. Cause this and, guy is here. <laughs> well, and it's funny that you say that because like, that was my first hot yoga class. <laughs> I and I remember thinking like at that point, like, and and it was also, I feel like it was one of those hot yoga classes where everyone was like so great at it. Yeah. And oh, they like, were great. We're they doing, were like, they do it every day. <laughs> and I, and you and I were both like, are you freaking kidding me with this? Like, um, and we're, wait, we're only halfway done. Like, I remember like, we're only halfway done <laughs> and I'm here already. And you, mm-hmm. yes. And it was one of those moments. And after it was over, I remember that we were both like, we did that. Like we, we did, did like, that. We did that. And and I think didn't we go back? We went back every day. We yes. We bought a pass for every day that we were on that gig. I was so proud of us. That's right. And That's there right. were days we needed it. Yeah, absolutely. It it, it was amazing. Kind yeah. of and I think that was you're right. Like I didn't think of that as a bonding moment. I just the experience itself was just yeah. feeling like there was a like-minded person who was like, I'm serious about my art. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not like tied to the operatic um, illusion mm-hmm. of, of who I need to present in order to be in the space. Yes, like that. That was what that was an aha moment for me. Yeah, it's so much so that we could just be real about things that were happening yeah. in real time, yes. which was really just refreshing after yes. you know after so many gigs where you're taught to be very proper and yes. follow the rules. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you for letting me stay in your home with this hot plate and the smell of mothballs. I love it here. <laughs> that's a whole nother. Yeah. That's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother story, but oh my gosh. Okay. So yes, we are good friends. We are colleagues yes. and singers. You are still a full-time performer out there killing it. Um, you know, I, I only sing part-time now, but you are on the road. So what's it been like the last two years, uh, during the pandemic as you have worked to reshape and reclaim being a singer? Well, that, you know, the, the most interesting part has been what I'm saying yes to, and what I'm saying no, thank you to, Mm -hmm. um, there were, there have been a couple, and, and just recently, actually, I said no to something because it just, the amount of emotional, physical, and financial investment to participate in it, even though I was getting paid, was not enough to to bring me peace. Yes. Like I'm mm-hmm. like I like the thing that I'm weighing now with what I've discovered during the, the pandemic was that A, you know, we had to become tech savvy, although you wouldn't have known that from earlier mm-hmm. today. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. also like the sense of ownership over our art and not just mm. expecting opera companies to be responsible for employing me. And, and a lot oh. of singers went there. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them are doing theater, are doing musical theater, are doing other sides of the um, arts world where they're working part-time mm-hmm. doing like consulting. I, like I still did um, some arts education work. And then I got into writing, which yeah. is kind of how this crazy show came to fruition. <laughs> oh my gosh, this crazy show, which I'm so excited to talk about, The Coach. Yes. So so as me being a coach and this being, you know, a leadership and coaching show, what I do have to preface is 
that when I first started talking to you about coaching, I think I actually thought that you would be, I mean, I I still do think that you would be a really great coach. And I remember you were at this point where you were like, I don't know what's happening with my art. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the world looks like out there. I'm thinking about stopping. And that conversation was pivotal for me because obviously I've been in that conversation before and have pivoted myself. Right. I knew, I knew you weren't quite done. Yes. And, I, and I, you were sort of like, I'm going to, I'm going to become a coach and do this program. And I was like, well, maybe I, I think you're really right. good. At that. And yes, you should explore this. <laughs> and, you know, there's, there seems like this whole other area. And so it seems like what was born of that conversation is not just that conversation, but the the coach show that you do. So yeah. tell us a little bit about it and how you created it. And yes. So it specifically came out of, we were in the city, we met up in the city and we were drinking and talking and laughing and really, <laughs> <As we> do. <laughs> yes, really solving a lot of the world's problems. And you said that you said, I think you would be a good coach. And I was mm-hmm. like, yes, yes, world, I could do this. <laughs> and then I got on the train and I went home and I was like, oh my God, am I, do I want to do this? And, and then I just kept thinking about like a character, like, because again, I'm a person of the theater. I've mm-hmm. always been a writer, but I've only recently started sharing my writing and I was so inspired by like looking at a, a person who wanted to make this transition, but in the most uncomfortable, clumsy way. And it just, and I just started laughing and like the <laughs> thought of, 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 and just to give the audience an idea, like uh, the lead character's name is Evan Nixon. And he trains at Miss Erica's Life Coaching Institute and Cross-Dressing Academy, <laughs> which probably isn't the best place to go. But I felt like that's where Evan would go. And that's where he it. would really discover his ability to coach. And mm-hmm. he and, and I wanted him to not be very good, but to always be anchored in looking to be better, which mm-hmm. isn't that what we all want. Yes. Like that's, that's yes. all we really want is we want to be better. Mm-hmm. And I had to pepper the show with the worst, craziest clients that he could possibly have. <laughs> They're and, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was actually, one of the questions I have is like, did you, were you like ever listening and be like, oh, I had that client. Yes. 100%. <laughs> I've been like, ooh, I've been there. Been there. I know this one. I know it's coming. I mean, I didn't, but you know, well, like and, I never know what's coming. But <laughs> yes. Right. right. And, and the other thing that was really interesting to me was that Evan had a partner that was very grounded. Mm. And his, so his, his husband, Kevin is like, because all the other characters are enablers pretty much and, Mm -hmm. and, and foils for him. Kevin had to be the one that was sort of like, I need you to just be present and I need you to not overreact, which is, Mm -hmm. um, my husband will be upset that I'm saying this, but it's so based in the truth of our relationship. Yeah. He's your grounding grounding force. He is the grounding force. And I'm like head in the clouds and you know, one of the things that we laugh about is um, every six months I try to quit opera. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yep. Yeah, right. And he's like, and he's, and at first he was like, no, 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 no. And now he's like, whatever you think is best. I'm just going to get out of the way <laughs> and let you come to that decision. But I support whatever you choose. And again, and he's, and he was part of the, he's part of the production team, the producing team. And so I ran all of these stories by him. And he's like, um, that's our life. And I was like, yes, I have to write from the from truth. What you so, know. Yeah. What you know. So yeah, it, it, and it's been, it's been and one of the things that I wanted to make sure of was that 
even though it's, it's zany and weird, and I describe it as 30 Rock meets Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. I wanted this the show to ha- be grounded in some aspect of real coaching. So each of the episodes is based on, the first one is intuition, mm-hmm. um, empowerment, trust, un- uh, uncovering, balance, mm-hmm. and action. And so when I was doing the research around coaching, I was like, well, these six elements are what Evan will need to experience it with through the ep- through each episode. Yeah. And so it was really kind of cool always having that as my guiding force of like that was the 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 north star and that was the reality and then I could craft these crazy zany weird people around it. And and also, you know, like not really knowing what a coaching session was like, it was fun to imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Well, and I want to be really clear because sometimes when we say show on a podcast, people think it's like every other podcast out there. And it really is a beautiful show. And that's what I love so much about it is that it reminds me of a cross between modern takes on ridiculousness that is happening in our world, but also like harkens back to old radio show vibes, right? These beautiful like shows that you used to listen to on the radio. I, I I wanted it. So it's really funny that you say that. And I'm so glad you recognize it. I wanted it to feel like a 30s, 40s radio sitcom, mm-hmm. but through the modern lens of a queer black uh, lead character mm-hmm. and a bunch of characters that don't necessarily get their stories told and what that weird fusion would look like. One of the things that sets our show apart from a lot of the other narrative shows that are out there is that I really fashioned it as like these quick weird, dashy, zany scenes. And sometimes the the other podcasts that I listen to, and they're wonderful, but they're much more drawn out. And there's like one narrator and then yeah. they plop in a scene here. So the best compliment I've had was someone is like, I don't know what's going on. And I was like, perfect. Yeah. You're like, because it really is an experience. Like, yes. can, and at any point at, at some of the episodes, I find myself like I would be tuning out because I would be thinking about, oh yeah, that client right. I had that was this yeah. and that. And then I find myself, oh, wait a minute. I wasn't listening. And I come back and it would still right. be okay. Cause I'd be right. like, this is still really fun. I don't know what right. I, I'm, I just missed the last three minutes, but you know, right. like, but that's okay. That's that. Well, and that's, yeah. you know, one of the things it's like, it isn't, it's a straightforward kind of weird narrative story, but it's really like joke, 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 joke. Ah. Mm-hmm. And we have like a moment and then joke, yeah. joke, joke. And so it, it is like that. It's, it, yeah. it's not intended to change the world, but it's intended to make people laugh and then maybe walk away being like, oh, yeah, intuition. That's something really, am I even aware of that? Or, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, my favorite, ep- I went, I can't, I don't have a favorite, but one of my favorites to write was the balance episode where like mm-hmm. the characters go to the seesaw museum <laughs> and <they're laughs> yes. like, like literally sitting across from each other and like having these, these conversations. And, and the other one that I thought was interesting was the idea of like Evan within that episode was Evan trying to find balance between his work life of wanting to be like the best coach, but then kind of his personal life falling to the side. And, and I think like, yeah, everybody experiences that when they start their new, when they start a new career, it's like they put so much into it, but yeah. really it's about finding how how to navigate your job and love it and be great at it, but also be able to kind of. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Um, any other intentions that you created the show for or wishes that you have for the world? I mean, honestly, like I, I wanted it. I, I, I wanted to 
the I think the underlying theme of the show, like there's the whole, I don't, for anyone that hasn't listened to it, I don't want to give away the, the mystery of it. I really wanted it to be political in the sense that the characters are pursuing love that isn't, that types of love that may not be the norm. And I put norm in quotations. And really, I wanted to make it, I wanted to point out how ludicrous it is that we get, that people get so caught up in who other people are loving and mm. to present that in the most ridiculous way possible. And I think by, I think I achieved that. And so like, yeah. I think, you know, the show has many points of view. I think the show is about Evan's journey of becoming his best self through, through being a coach. I think the show is about why are we so caught up in who loves whom and, and why, why does that matter? Mm-hmm. And also, I just think it's like, I think we needed to laugh a lot uh, after the and during the pandemic, because that's when we yeah. started recording it. And it, it can be enjoyed on any of those three levels. I think if anyone listens to it, they'll find a character that they relate to or a character that they're like, that person's ridiculous. I want to find out how they what's how they go down. I love <laughs> I know how they go down. Yeah. They end. Well, and from a coach perspective, I want to add that that for the coaches in the world listening to this, I find sometimes that our so our industry has grown so fast, so quick mm. in the last 30 years. It's really exploded. And there's a lot of noise in our industry sometimes around mm-hmm. like what is coaching, what is not coaching, who is a coach, who is not a coach. And so I uh I really appreciated being able to laugh. And not take the industry so seriously because I, I do I get in these heavy conversations, obviously, because it's people's lives and, and there right. are some there's some deep transformational work going on. And for myself, if I'm taking it that seriously all the time, you know, it gets a little heavy. So right. it's really such a great release to be able to go and laugh about the things we say or do as coaches um, right. and just laugh at ourselves. So uh, 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 there's another lovely lady named Sarah Nobles. You know, Sarah, mm-hmm. yes. I know Sarah Who, dearly. I love her. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She was one of the first people to listen. And her response was, I love this. So I knew that like mm-hmm. coaches got it. I knew mm-hmm. that they are that hopefully that they looked at it as like a weird love letter to the hard work that they have to do. Yeah. And, and, and also understanding that, I mean, what I've learned from my research was that really as a coach, you are always being coached also. Yep. And you are always learning about yourself through your coaching. And I think that's what, yes, the show is light and zany, (laughs) light and zany and weird, but my, I always wanted Evan to grow and I always wanted him to learn more about himself through the people that he interacted with. And, and, and some, you know, my favorite, and can I swear on the show? I don't. Know. Yes, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> go one of, uh, um, you know, we, we're, we were talking about merchandise for uh, like to sell. And one of my favorite lines is you just got life coach, bitch. Like, like <laughs> what, what happened? You just got life coach, bitch. I'm, I mean, wouldn't that be a great shirt to have? <laughs> yeah. I actually need that shirt. Maybe I'll print okay. it for my company. For all my think- coaches. I will say Merry Christmas. This is what we're doing now. No, seriously though, right? Like that's that's the joy. And I love what you said because it's so important. I think just for a little behind the scenes for coaching and leaders in the world, and this goes for all leaders that are out there coaching in any capacity, one of the biggest gifts is getting to work on yourself mm-hmm. and see the mirror for yourself, right? Yes. So every day I walk away and um, it was actually a practice in my second year of coaching that I took on every day. 
which was, what did I learn from my clients today? And mm-hmm. I would just journal about it. That was my own prompt, right? For myself. Nice. So um, it's really beautiful that you you got that edge in there. I love Yay. it. <laughs> Yay. So what has it given you? Uh, like, how have you grown from this show? What has it given you access to in your career? Well, one of the things that I learned was it put me in a leadership position mm-hmm. as the head writer and the director and casting person. And first of all, I had to figure out who of of the people that I would invite into the writer's room to help me um, like edit the script or who I would listen to clips, like who could I trust? Mm -hmm. I had to learn that. I also had to learn the hard lessons of telling people. I had to, I had to learn how to tell people that they, you know, I was going in a different direction in certain things. And mm-hmm. so they weren't going to be part of it or, you know, dealing with dramatic personalities, I shall say, <laughs> <laughs> and, yep. and, and, and learning how to do that in a way. Um, what I learned was that initially I was very defensive. If someone came at me with a thought and I had to learn to be very open, I had to learn to actually be more open as the leader than I would have, than I have been as, as someone, you know, when I go and do an opera and I'm one of just a character and, you know, another actor wants to maybe try something. I had to really sit in moving my ego out of the way and saying, okay, yeah, you're right. That doesn't work. Or, okay, I do like your idea. Mm-hmm. That was hard. That was hard initially. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what happened, well, what happened in the, after that was that I then allowed the actors to have a lot more freedom. Mm-hmm. So some of the things that you he, you've heard in the podcast, we did, they mostly, most actors did two takes. They did a complete take as written. And then sometimes they would improv stuff. Nice. And ultimately, you know, about maybe a third of the improv stuff made it in because it was just funny. Mm-hmm. And I was like, thank God they felt free. And thank God I allowed myself to get out of the way so that they could feel free to, to, to bring that to the table because that's brilliant, you know? And then Mm -hmm. it reminded me of like the idea of higher up, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. that's, that was a big lesson, a big, big lesson. That's beautiful. And, and for leaders everywhere, a constant practice, right? Like Mm -hmm. how do I get myself out of the way, but still hold the ship and let them grow and lead, um, in their own lives and and their own choices. So that's really beautiful. What are your hopes for the show? Well, I am hoping, and it looks like it might come to fruition, that we'll have someone, some people who want to invest so that we can do a second season, which is thrilling. Um, I want to continue. I mean, honestly, I'm putting this into the universe. I love my job as an opera singer, but I also really dig the podcasting community and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, particularly the idea of putting together narrative podcasts. I really found that I love spending hours and hours finding the right sound effect or lining up the dialogue so that there would be a beat so that the comedy would work. I loved it. And so I've already written a second podcast that I'm submitting to some folks that hopefully, you know, might something might come of it. I want to do that. Like I want to do that. And, and so I'm putting it into the universe. I'm saying it out loud. I'm saying I am ready to transition to being a podcast producer, which is crazy. Like I would have never guessed that. (laughs) You're like, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it, it, it really brings me joy. And, and 
the other great thing is I've discovered so many great podcasts that I mm-hmm. narrative podcasts. Like I've always mm-hmm. listened to, to podcasts, but this is the first time that I've been really immersed in the audio drama world. And these people are making hilarious, smart, scary, interesting stuff. And um, I think in like the next five to 10 years, it's going to be where a lot of the shows that you're going to see on television are going to be pulled from. It's already starting to happen. So why not? Why not? Why not? Get those writing credits in now so it can expand. Yes. Yes. Well, we're going to put up all your info where people can see the show, where they can find you, where they can listen to you if they not only want to hear your your glorious voice singing, but, um, you know, your speaking voice on the show, obviously. So the thing that I like to ask each guest is if you had some advice for people in the world through the next year, um, what would you say to them? That's a great question. I think what I would say is find a way to be your happiest and focus on your joy so that you don't have to expend so much energy worrying about others. I mean, I think that's, I think we'll be a happier place if we just focus on our own lives and not put so much energy in, in the lives of people that we don't understand. Maybe make, maybe Mm. make time to understand other, other lives, but maybe not so much time judging and yeah i think focus on your own life so that it's so rich and wonderful and fun that you don't have time to worry about what you know whether your neighbor's grass is two inches too tall (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's really where it starts i feel like that's where it starts it does it does like like, what's the biggest distraction right let me look at that that two inch grass over there (laughs) so i cannot think about my life yeah right. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i love those tricks <laughs> oh my god well eric thank you so much i love you so much i love you dearly you are such a, a gem and a light for the world so thank you for putting out this great great show thanks thank for you. bringing laughter and joy again to people's lives who you know need a little a lift in their day yes. and thanks for following your path yay thanks for having me this is a blast <laughs> Thank you.